You are listening to the Evolution Exchange podcast, a platform we've created to bring the Nordic tech community together. My name is Charlotte Roberts and I'm your host. Hi everyone, this is Chris Bennett here, the Nordic's Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. So, yeah, we're now live, Marcus. <laughs> um, so, yeah, well, I'll go ahead and introduce myself um, then. So, good morning, everyone, um, and welcome to today's event. Uh, so, I'm Charlotte Roberts, um, and I specialise in recruiting data scientists and data engineers within uh, the Nordic markets, predominantly uh, Stockholm and the wider Sweden. Uh, for anybody who is interested in learning more about how I can help your business um, and meet your data needs, please use the link, um, the QR code at the top uh, to get in touch and uh, look forward to connecting with you and thanking you later. Um, but yes, thank you, Marcus. Thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, of course, we're going to be discussing the tech values of Cognity. Um, so you've been at Cognity now for over 10 years. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your journey so far then. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Charlotte, for, for having me. Um, so yeah, I'm Marcus. I'm the CTO of uh, Cognity, which is a tech scale-up startup in, in Sweden. Um, and uh, yes, I actually celebrated my 10 year as employed in February. So I popped Congrats. a good, uh, good uh, <laughs> bottle of red wine at home and, and, uh, and had a drink to celebrate. Nice. Um, it's been quite of a journey. Um, but I think if we go back a little bit to where it started, it started actually before it was called Cognity. So the, the company was a, a spin-off from another educational company that, company that uh, Nicolas and Hugo, our founders, uh, was running. Um, so I got on that train early on and we started building the first version of Cognity. Uh, myself and one other of the co-founding partners of mine, Jens, who was doing coding, design and product. And we kind of yeah, did, did it all with support. Uh, so it was also then the beginning uh, B2C, uh, so to students. So we were selling revision material to um, to students and we're actually this parents were paying because these were uh, young kids so the content uh, itself was written by uh, previous students who had good good grades so it was good but far from professionally good enough for schools <laughs> to buy, which we later figured out uh, quite harshly um yeah but then i think we we, we uh, this was early so 2013 14 something like that and then we're trying to find a business model early and we we went to more to, to B2B and we realized that uh, going to schools instead of students. Um, and uh, I remember actually when we had the sprint, we created the first school interface and thought, yeah, this is maybe a better, a better way to do yeah, it. Yeah, like, plan the schools, <laughs> exactly. the schools remain, but you know, the students, they, they disappear after some time. So we felt like a more long-term solution. Mm -hmm. Nice. Uh, yeah. And we, 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 then we did find a, a model. So thanks to a lot of hard work, I would say, from everyone like Hugo and the salespeople being out on the roads 
meeting customers, uh, me and Jens sitting and building and shipping stuff continuously. Uh, and then a lot of content project managers we had internally as well, because we also create the content ourselves or hire authors and experts to, to do that with our direction. So somewhere around there, we went from like uh, rebranding things a little bit to, to replacing the textbook, which was a good good approach at the time because um, people didn't really know about ed tech or, or like, you know, learning platforms. People had no idea how to buy that. But, but if we said we replacing the textbook, we started to get, then it made more concrete to start to discuss with, with schools. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like you were definitely ahead of the game then there as well. You, you got in, like you say, you, you got on that train at the right time and that sort of thing. Have you seen um, a change in the tech values um, over, the, over the years then that you've been at Cognitive? Yeah, I would say like, so, so for the technical values, what we had more as a product and, and tech, um, we had uh, no values in the beginning, actually. We hired only <laughs> on skills. So we had some values on the company level still that Hugo and Nicolas and the, the, like the educational company has worked on. Uh, so I think we got our first values in 2015, so maybe two years after we started doing okay. stuff and actually started to recruit more people and some more engineers. Um, and uh, then we iterated upon them a few times up until the ones we, we have today. Uh, but I think over that, it hasn't, they haven't changed so much, actually, a little bit of phrasing and, and stuff like that. But the, the content has still remained. And I think that's, I think that's a good thing because they, they, they stand the test, but they, they shouldn't change so much, right? You know, like mm-hmm. the, the details change, but, but values and, and vision should stay quite intact, I would say. Okay, yeah, no, definitely. I couldn't agree more. Was there something for you that sort of um, shifted for you that thought, you know what, we need to bring in these values and that's what we should um, sort of push on? That's a good question. I, I, I think... Um, I think going back like, some years now as well, aren't we? So I'm testing your memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> um, uh, aligning, right? You know, if you want to align a lot of people on something, it's... Uh, uh, you, you want different opinions and you want some conflicts, right? But if you if you align on a, on a, on a foundation, some sort of values, things become a lot easier. You can disagree, but you still, you know, you, you can disagree in, in, a, in a good way, I would say. So uh, I think maybe one of the, in the early times, we also hired on skills, which like, you know, got some really good at something, but they were not aligned on delivering things agile or, or lean, for example, which is one of, one of our values. So then mm-hmm. we've got a lot of conflicts on that and it wasn't productive. I would say so that that could, I think, if I remember correctly, could be one of the igniters to to make it um, make more emphasis on, on the values, actually. Nice. No, well, we'll obviously we'll get into that uh, in more detail as well. Um, but for anybody who isn't aware, could you introduce Cognitive's tech team values and its mission? Yes. Uh, so the mission of the, the tech team is uh, kind of quite simple to build and maintain the platform. We try to be efficient and not waste waste our time and, and with innovation as well to, to look at how we can do things and challenge the status quo. But we have uh, we have six values um, and uh, they are not in a particular order. But the first one is actually a reason to be first. And that's called we are enablers. So that has to do with the that the technology doesn't have any value itself. It's it's only about what the technology uh, enables to do. So that's first because I think it's so important. That's kind of why why we're here. Um, moving on a little bit further, the second one we call uh, we're agile and lean. So those are very those terms are thrown around quite a lot and have been dragged in the dirt. I would say almost, but. <laughs> 
us, it's more it, it's uh, beyond the processes. You know, it's not about Scrum or anything like that. It's about the beliefs and principles of how to deliver software and, and how you approach you know processes and, and things like that. Um, and then uh, within uh, Agile, the manifesto, you have this about uh, collaboration and about learning and and adapting and retrospecting. Retrospect, most people are are familiar with at this point in time. Um, but our third value is called we are continuously we continuously improve. Uh, so that's uh, also not just about improve as a team, but you have to improve as an engineer on your day continuously. So it's about learning on the job and that it's it's expected and uh, of you to learn on the job and actually look at new new stuff. Um, and then moving on to fourth and five, they are more craftsmanship wise, I would say. They are fourth one is simplifying and the fifth one is being proud of what you ship. So they are about keeping the stack simple, keeping this code simple, not over engineer, but also look at the quality and the, the long-termness of the product. And then last, uh, I said there was no order, but I realized there might be an order. The last one. <laughs> The last one is called, we have a safety net. So kind of, you know, um, we have from technical safety net to like, you know, automated tests and investing a lot in that. So make sure that we can focus on, on, on delivering value, not fiddling with, with manual testing or stuff like that. But it's also about the psychological safety of the team that uh, we dare to make changes that we need to do, not afraid of changing a database because it's scary, because then it's okay to fail and sometimes we fail and then you, you you roll back and we try to learn as much as possible, as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. So those are the six um, six values. Nice, thank you very much. And I'm guessing there's no one that is more important than the other. It's just they, they have to sort of coexist together. Um, is that is that what you found? Yes, de definitely. I think that's always a mix, right? You you can have a value about being fast, but but if you don't have quality on top of that, you 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 lose the balance. So I would say that. Uh, so maybe they are encapsulated by the first of being enablement, being here for mm -hmm. for, for a purpose that's not about the technology only, uh, and then a safety net to kind of catch these things so you can you can go as fast as you need to without being too afraid. No, makes sense. Definitely, definitely. So, how does Cognity approach education and technology? Then, yes, uh, we. Uh, so, as a company or as a on the product side of it, we we have uh, two legs. So, we have the content leg where we um, we uh, don't just produce the, the the platform for schools and teachers, but we also uh, produce the content. Um, so, uh, and that's extremely extremely powerful. Uh, I think I've said previously that it's a curse and a blessing because the blessing is that we you, you can look at the whole value chain. So you, you, you know where, where to adjust. Uh, the curse I think is that it's, uh, it is more complex, right? Than just building a product and then you don't care who fills it with, with content. But um, um, you get the both extremes, like you get technical APIs and how that's supposed to work to, to, to learning design and pedagogy in, in the same place. Um, uh, so that's, um, I think that's, that's really, really nice. And I, I've said it as well, like for the teachers, it doesn't really matter what's what, like they, they just want their assignments to work or they want to be able to deliver their lesson very simply. But the whole value chain, I think is the most interesting thing because as, at least when you start a company that you, 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 you have impact, like where do we put more focus, uh, to get it working? Like you, you can look at the whole process. Um, so, so that's kind of how we, uh, how we approach it then. If you look at competitors and, and the landscape, uh, 
you have, if you look to the left, you have more traditional publishers, like, you know, print first companies, like uh, creating books traditionally, which are adding technology to it a little bit, like they, you have add-ons or they buy some, some platform. And then to the right, you have more pure, pure tech companies, uh, like, you know, quiz company or assessment company, which are more technically driven, usually less own content, like Kahoot and stuff like that. And then you have cognitive somewhere in the middle, maybe a little to the right to try to bring it together a little bit and, and an integrated solution to mix them together. Um, and that we do that also by being curriculum aligned. So we align to the standards of the curriculum that the, that the schools are using. So that's one way to, to, to approach it, I would say. That's a deliberate choice we made, right? Uh, if you go to YouTube, you can find a lot of great videos of how to do something but it doesn't necessarily relate to your course plan or your syllabus as a teacher, mm -hmm. which makes it uh, difficult to adapt. And that's what we're trying to do to, to set the base there for something that, that marries the two. Mm -hmm. say. No, that makes sense, definitely. So how do you actually measure the impact of Cognitive's products um, and the services on education outcomes? Yeah, um, I think it's hard to yeah. measure impact. I mean, you know, sometimes you, uh, if you're in product companies, right, you release stuff and then it takes a while before you see if someone uses it and you're trying to do that. But I would say we, um, uh, if you look at first, like the early days, I would say willingness to pay is one thing. Like if, if someone isn't willing to invest money or time in your product, then that usually means that there's some value exchange and you actually provided some value. Uh, it doesn't say anything about the impact in that way. You just say that someone is interested. So I think um, in that terms, I think usage is one aspect, right? A lot of schools asking us like, how, how, how have you been using the product? Or what are we using? What are we not using? Like, do you want to get benefit from, from what you do? Um, so that's, I think, is a more general approach. And then we all look at general SaaS metrics, like net promoter score or feedback from customers and ARR, churn, all these kinds of things to measure it. But I think where it gets in, interesting is the, some of the different analysis which, which we've done. Um, there's something called efficacy studies, where you look at you know, how effective the teaching actually is and um, to be able to, to demonstrate how much, you, how much you learned. And if you learn better with this tool rather than with something else, that's mm -hmm. when it gets get fun. Uh, I have some mm -hmm. fun stories from, from the past about that, but, but, um, but that's where we look in and also investing, uh, investing a little bit more in uh, those kind of efficacy studies too to see that. And what's interesting also is that you see some of the schools and the districts uh, driving more to when they're looking to buy educational products, they mm -hmm. are looking, looking at like, yeah, how, how, how these products demonstrate uh, learning outcomes and how you how you actually learn. So mm -hmm. so I think that's good because that's put a bit of a pressure to for the tech sector to actually be a bit more impact oriented. Um, Nice. Yeah, it must be. It must add value to you as well, to your to your work as well, to be able to actually see that and how it is adding value and and that sort of thing. That must be great for you as well. Yeah, no, that it's very fortunate to to look at. And, uh, you know, when you have a school, so uh, when you read the feedback from from schools or students who who maybe had a harder time reading and then with the reading assistance at Cognitive, they actually could make the class a lot easier or at all, which is um, such comments makes you uh, happy. Yeah, definitely. Oh, wow. Love that. Okay, perfect. Well, can you also uh, discuss sort of Cognitive's values and how they drive the company's uh, decisions and actions? Absolutely. Um, so uh, we have a few of them. And as I said, at Cognitive, we have a couple of values which are on the company, company level and they're on our website. 
which are more generic is a bad word, but they're for the whole company. The, the cognitive tech values, which, which we're working on, they are more technical and product oriented, so more like re related to how you build products, I would say. Uh, but I thought we, we can dive into to one or two of them. So I think yeah, um, please do. Yeah, um, I think the the first one that we're we're enablers. I think is an interesting one because um, uh, um, when I say that like the tech has no value, um, it's what it delivers, right? I, I think I told this to to everyone by now that I know, but, but it's, still, it's still true. But... Anyone that'll listen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, teachers doesn't care if it's back and front and microservices or, or, or React. Like, they just want their thing to work. Yeah. And I think that it still holds true. And it's easy to get blinded by all the cool and interesting technology. And don't get me wrong, I love technology. I love a fast pipeline that you can deploy fast. And, and you know, all these kinds of things is, is, is beautiful, I think, as an engineer. Um, but um, but it, uh, it's... Um, uh, but having this value enables us to connect it with the impact, like why are we switching this technology or not? Uh, and I think that's that's so important to do, especially since we want to provide something for schools. We also don't want to waste any of their money uh, in, in that sense, but we want to be impactful. But also in communication with others in, in the company. So technology can often be, you know, magic or, or, or you know, like complex and... Um, and I think that can be used as a power sometimes, you know, like you don't understand this and this is how we do it. And I think this value instills that it's our uh, responsibility to explain the technology to people in their world to like, what does this choice mean if we do this instead of that? Why does it be more expensive and such? So I think it's also um, to help with that value. I think we've also been able to attract engineers who actually uh, cares a bit and wants to talk with other people and understand what their work is doing. So it becomes a lot easier to collaborate on the actual impact and not be so tech tech oriented when we don't when we shouldn't be tech oriented. Nice. Uh, but I still love automated pipelines and automated tests and stuff like <laughs> that. But it's, uh, it's why you do it. I think that's the that's important thing with this first one. And we had some challenges. I think from for. I, I think many product teams, um, if you're a designer, maybe product manager, you're out there, you're meeting customers, schools, you, you see a problem, you feel the problem, and then you come back to the team and, and no one understands you because they haven't been there <laughs> to explain it, right? Yeah, but they like, yeah. they haven't been there. So, and then that usually turns out to more, okay, then you have to create a spec about it or a requirement uh, to the team. And then the mm -hmm. team gets even further away from the customer, right? Mm -hmm. So with this value instead, we, we try to open, if we have customer interviews, for example, we, there's usually a post, post in the Slack at Cognitive, do you want to join? And I would say engineers are usually likely or wanting to join these interviews to get more connected and understanding with the customer. Of course, not as often as a product manager, maybe you're a designer, but at yeah. least you, know, you have that connection and do that, which means that um, then the team understands more about the need and you can discuss more how to solve it rather than like, if this is, yeah, less specifications and, and these kind of things and more actually working you know, on the customer. Uh, and if you look at research as well, I think uh, research has shown that like one key thing for, for motivation is, is purpose, like uh, to know what you, what, what, what the things I'm doing, who am I supposed to help and stuff like that. So empathize with the customer actually drives, um, drives motivation at people as well, which I think is super important. If you're, uh, you want to want to have been motivated at work, I think it's just more fun. Yeah, definitely. And if the engineers can see the impact that they're having on the end user, then it's only going to motivate them more, isn't it, really? Couldn't agree more. Yeah. 
Oh, good. Perfect. So can you uh, tell me about any sort of like challenges Cognitive's faced um, and how the company has overcome them um, whilst actually still sort of staying true to its values? Definitely. There's always uh, a lot of challenges. Um, I would say, I think from, from a tech level, I think um, we, um, if we look at the, we simplify uh, part, uh, and maybe I can explain it quickly just, but that's, it's about keeping uh, the technology stack simple. So we actually try to limit the technical variants, the number of technologies we, we use uh, to be able to spend more time on the customer problems and, and, um, that and then also like uh, when you do coding and writing code you actually spend more time reading other people's code than writing your own so make sure that it's readable and uh, invest a lot of time in, in naming uh, we had a session just on, on tuesday where we discussed naming quite heavily but it's so important right because uh, if you have good naming uh, and simple naming that does what it says and so on uh, it it saves a lot of time uh, uh, and um, yeah, but I think one of the challenges, for example, we had was uh, I think a few years back where we were looking at search. We wanted to make a search functionality in our platform, mm -hmm. um, and um, and we looked at different alternatives, and we immediately got to um, uh, got to solutions like Elasticsearch and other fancy like search specific tools, um, and we discussed it in the team. Um, and, and questioning it, uh, how to do it. Um, but I think in and in that case, we we ask ourselves, uh, we have a current Postgres database. It's not a, like the, the number one search database if you go for it, but we have it in place already. So then we looked at it. Uh, what, what can it do? Can we can we so solve those search issues with the existing technology instead of bringing in another technology which people has to learn, extra complexity, more things to maintain. Uh, so when we did that, we also learned that the Postgres actually has increased their search capabilities. So it did definitely cover our cases and a little bit more. Um, so and that then by not expanding to new technologies, we kept the same boring technologies, if you will call it that. <laughs> yeah. But that helped the team to keep the cognitive load down, right? When you have new engineers coming in, they don't have to learn 15 different tools. Um, so I think that's an example where the simplify value of keeping the stack simple uh, actually helped us to make the right uh, decision. Then the right decision is not always to use the existing stack, but but we really tried to do that. There are of course examples when we add new tools and and, and services to, to our stack as well. So it's it's uh, we're not being ignorant or stupid about it, but we're being very uh, considerate, I would say, uh, about it uh, because I know how much it costs and and it's hard to hire engineers and um, yeah it's it's uh, being considerate about it i think it's really helped us in in that situation um, mm -hmm. yeah definitely we've had um had a question come in actually i don't know whether you want to keep the questions till the end or whether you want if we can um jump to um one of the questions that's coming from sophie um so the question that's come in is um what methods do you use to assess whether individuals who join Cognitive possess the key values? Great question, Sophie. Sounds like me, she maybe worked with recruitment. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Um, no, but that's a good question. So, so like we incorporate the values. Um, that's one thing that changed during the years, how we use the values. So today, for example, we incorporate the values in our interview process. So mm -hmm. that's this one. So, um, 
uh, we in our interview process we we ask questions about them I usually present them some of them sometimes to, to discuss with candidates even mm-hmm. uh, but we use them as an uh, objective evaluation how, how, how well people are, are fitting in with that and how we think they are going to behave in our set of, of values uh, and you know if we get people with the right values as I said in the beginning then things become a lot easier down the road you can still disagree yeah. healthy um, so I think that's one way uh, or that's how, how we do it in the interview process um, to we it's a it's a key part of uh, what we what we evaluate or what we look at mm-hmm. okay perfect no I love that and another question that's coming from one of our newsletters which um, leads quite nicely on from um, the challenges that we've just been discussing as well um, in your opinion what are some of the most pressing technological challenges that Cognity is currently facing and how is a company addressing them uh, good. That's a quite of a broad uh, question. Uh, I think there are some, I think some broader issues. I think that we are as Cognity are being a little bit exposed to. So it's more like you know lack of devices or like some people on the, the internet connection is not that good uh, at some places. I would say, um, in our cases, like we that still exists for us, but it hasn't been the main uh, prob- problem or main technical blocker for us for us to mm-hmm. solve. Um, so what we've been focusing more for us is, I would say, to we are into international market at the moment and we're going into to a third national market. So for us, it's more about um, uh, about the, the technical challenge of, of um, generalized versus customizing, right? So you, you want a platform that can work for, for many different uh, types of schools and school systems. Um, uh, but you also don't want to make the made a tailored solution for every single school because that's not sustainable and not uh, you, you can't make a sustainable model out of that. Uh, so I think that's that's one of them. Uh, we've been working a lot with uh, accessibility as well to make our platform accessible. Right when we started, we had zero focus on that. I would say so we made shifts to go to to um, accessibility to make sure that our product is. Is accessible and that's not just about like reading a system but it also has to do with with our content and our pedagogical content in terms of how accessible it is and and different kind of learning design principles of how we design the the the, the content i'm not sure if that was uh, the, what was question was asked for but it's it's in that space that we've been uh, we've been focusing um a lot no, well, that actually leads uh, me on quite nicely to the next question as well. Um, and then I'll get to some of uh, more of the questions that have been asked by um, by our uh, guests as well. Um, so how does Cognacy stay innovative and adapt to change in educational landscape? Yeah, so I think we, we all try to keep our eyes and ears open and stay close to the customer and but still stay focused as a company. So um uh, I think in one way, I think the educational sector has not moved as fast as other sectors with digitalization. Uh, so COVID did accelerate it as for, for many, but yeah. I, I sometimes feel like the pace is, is a bit slow. But I also think that calls for better products and less, mm-hmm. uh, less hurdles to go into the products. Um, so you have to focus more on, on that, right, to fit into their day and their ecosystem and really understand what the job they're trying to do rather than just create a feature which you think they're going to love and it's just five minutes per their day. That you, so you, But it's all of your day you're spending on that feature, but maybe they are just using it for five minutes. So then you have to understand uh, what those five minutes should, should be like. 
but um, uh, I think we're um, we're very transparent as a company internally. So when you have an insight, you share it usually in our Slack channels. Like this is what I I met a customer. This is the questions I asked. Uh, if it's in a conference or if it's an interview. So um, we meet a lot of customers at conferences and and, and meetings. Um, we're also meeting competitors and and uh, like networking out there. Um, we look at trends and, and analysis, like reports that are coming out of you know budget in different states in the U.S. and how that impacts where, where you choose to put your put your, your money. Um, um, but I would say like teacher interviews, we meet a lot of teachers as well to discuss current features, like how they are how they're working for them. But we also meet them to look at uh, future customers, like or sort of future features, like what they would think about this problem we're trying to solve. So um, I think we are very much like customer driven in that sense where we meet them. Then, yeah. then we don't act on everything because it's you have to make a choice right on what, what you're acting, which problems you choose to solve. Otherwise, you will not solve any problem. Uh, but I think that's, that's, that's a few ways that we, we look at it. We also hire competence. I think that's one of the biggest insights for me personally. The couple of last years when you... Instead of figuring in the beginning, right, when we're two or three people, like we couldn't hire people for, for a skill. So we just had to figure out everything ourselves. Um, but now you can hire. So we hired a learning designer, for example, uh, which has worked with that. We hired, you know, people who have worked in the K-12 market in the U.S. So we don't have to figure this out ourselves. So you kind of fast forward life a little bit. Uh, you don't have to make many mistakes. So I think that's also a way to stay stay uh, to adapting to the landscape as well you can kind of buy yourself some some experience in one way um mm -hmm. yeah but we also like from a tech perspective we also uh have like traditional uh, you know innovation time where we have fix and explore days uh every other week nice. uh, where the teams can do whatever they want um if they can fix something or explore something or try something out uh, and historically i think there's at least two or three features in the platform that has originated from an engineer, you know, just trying something out on the side, and that has grown into into a feature. So I think that definitely works, but it requires some some um, some care to to make that process work right. It's not that every single idea from an engineer is suitable maybe for the product, but you can still try anything as long as you share what you did and what you learned. Uh, and I think that comes into the transparency that that we're trying yeah. to preach as well. You actually get. Uh, yeah, it's not uh, you. Sh you share this, like you know, that the organization collectively learns. It's not just one individual, and then when that leaves, it's lost. But you try to to broaden the insights, and that helps us stay stay competitive, I would say, and and innovative. Yeah, nice, nice, love that. Well, we've had um, another question come in, and you might have answered this already, but I do want to go into maybe a little bit more detail into this mm -hmm. one. How does Cognity collaborate with educators and other stakeholders to ensure its ed tech solutions meet the needs of educational community? Great question. I'll try to be a bit more spot on on this one. But um, our excellent uh, content team, they actually collaborate and partner with, with, uh, with um, one of the organizations, the IB, which creates these standards, for example, in the IB market. So, okay. so we co-publish with them. So very, very closely to the people who set the standards. Um, we have a lot of partner schools or schools who are like, you know, using us uh, or who are using Cognity. And then in, in exchange, we get early feedback from them. So that's usually how we go into a new market, right? Very close to the customers. You go out and meet them and, and visit schools, being in the classroom uh, so uh, and, and talk with a lot of teachers. Uh, you know, we have to feel feel their pain, mm -hmm. essentially. So I would say that we, we do collaborate quite a lot. We also have um, 
we also on the more on the user engagement side of the company we actually also uh, organize our own conference which is called engage uh, both physical and virtual virtual but they will bring a lot of like thought leaders uh, and pro like professional speakers to that and then we bring also teachers into that um, so just to like drive a little bit of thought leadership in, in the space, but they're also product team members uh, have some sessions where they explain how we work with the product to get closer to the schools and the teachers. And that's always super appreciated, right? If you buy a product and you get to meet the people who, who actually yeah. do it, it's like, yeah, that's usually a good thing for both sides, right? And, and they're mm -hmm. used to get maybe product feedback or just talking about how they do stuff. So I think staying in touch, I would say, as I said before, like uh, ears on the ground or stay close to the customer. But that's some of the ways we used to to collaborate. Mm -hmm. Nice. No, definitely. I can really tell how passionate about it that you are about um, <laughs> all this as well, uh, which is really good. So I suppose uh, we've got this other question now that leads on uh, from that. Um, does Cognacy collaborate with educators and other stakeholders to ensure that its ed tech solutions meet the need of educational community? Oh, they'd be curious to hear how. I suppose we've answered that a little bit there, but if you want to give any more detail there. No, but I think I answered that, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's kind of the same. Um, but no, that's fine. So, um, yeah, going on, um, just thinking of how does Cognity address potential for um, technology to widen the existing educational uh, disparities? Cool. So... Um... That's a good. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, can you ask it again? Sorry, I was. Uh, I was yeah, yeah, no worries. Um, so, how does Cognacy address the potential for technology to widen existing um, educational um, disparities? Cool. Yeah, I think I'm uh, not to repeat myself, but I think um, what I mentioned before. So, right, we've been focusing a lot on on the product space so to say or the, like the functionalities to mm -hmm. do that but I think what you have to look is like you know the context of where where people are in so uh, we tried to make a market entry for example in in one market the national market a few years ago but uh, but we were very focused on like the product but you know if you zoomed out a little bit you saw that like you know the assumptions we had like you know there was only one device in the classroom so mm -hmm then our product was not built for that. Uh, and, and, you know, if the internet connection are not bad or they don't have computers at home, maybe, that also means like making a digital homework in Cognitive is really, really hard if you don't have internet or a device. So I think, you know, to bridge these things, we rather try to ensure that we look at the big picture, right? The job that you're trying to do and in what context we, we fit in. Um, but also then to, to, to partner, like where can we partner to fit into the ecosystem, right? If it's, mm. you know, I mentioned like devices and stuff like that, but it can also be like integrations, right? To make it easy for the teachers and students to, to not have to do all these things, but we actually fit into their work life and, and their life. So I think we have deliberately, like we're trying to be small, we have been small and being very like cautious with where we put our resources. Uh, so we haven't had to address those things, I would say. It's more been on, on the, the problems. We've chosen markets where we can address uh, more product-related related things. But going forward, definitely these things are, they're a cloud on, on my map, at least, to, to see where, when do we have to make more investments in that and how can we help to, to, to bridge that. But since we always had, we talked a little bit about it before the show, Charlotte, but we always had this, um, like, there, that we, we have a business model, right, to, to try mm -hmm. to be, 
to be um, yeah have a business model from day one and always trying to be sure that we we provide some value and get some value in exchange and then we we use that money to invest further so we can go to more markets and reach more students essentially like that's that's the vision of cognitive to radically improve the learning of all the school students um so i think uh, yeah that's our way way to do it i think we could have done on a different way of doing more of you know have accessibility devices and internet but we choose this way because we thought that's how we can be most uh, most impactful and uh, and bridge these these gaps at century mm-hmm. nice oh well that kind of leads me nicely on to um to one of my final questions really like what does the future hold for cognity and how does the company's values play into the future plans and goals it's a big yeah. question <laughs> It's a good question, and I can talk a lot, but I will try to do it quickly. So, so I think please talk a lot. <laughs> we can, um, yeah. I mean, we we currently have a very successful product in the international markets we, we're in. Like we have high usage uh, growth. You know, the customers that renew they usually add more more stuff, more subjects, and and, and more features to it. Uh, with low churn and many happy customers, I'm I'm still blown away with. Uh, with with some of the customer testimonials we have or uh, some some students that are pro- protesting on on uh, on instagram because because the school couldn't allow cognity and then we gave it to them for for free because it was just a, such a like we got a picture of them uh, protesting so that's i mean that that's still um, i'm super proud of that and, yeah. and what we've done so we will continue to to grow that and, and nurture that and care for that. Um, but um, where the focus is uh, currently, where we're looking at is uh, is a US market, the high school market in, in the US, which we which we see that we can we think we can provide uh, a lot of value with the product we have, uh, but adjusting it a little bit. So that's kind of where we are. We're going to the NGSS, so that's uh, the next generation of science standards. Uh, so it's yeah science essentially in in that is adopted in, in many schools and districts in in the us so there's uh, if you go in into the cognitive office, office or, or a meeting and you, you probably hear ngss just at least once in in every meeting <laughs> uh, so that's where where we where we're going um and i think uh, in terms of the the values play into that i think both the company values which we haven't talked much about i've talked about transparency which is one of them uh but I think they shape a lot in terms of how we hire and how we how we go there as well. So they're they're very much um, yeah. It's it's quite cool actually to see how they the values are actually in play all the time. And 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 we yeah, we have a value ceremony at the yearly conference which we have where where you get to to vote and and on your on your on your on your peers and then promote these values. So I think they kind of live a little bit in in, in the culture and, and new people as well. So. They're very much much there. I wouldn't say they like influence the plans. It's more, you know, how how we do stuff. They how mm-hmm. we choose in that. Uh, but I think in terms of excitement there from for for me and for the tech organization, I think what what a lot of people um, or a lot of product companies face, right? That you either maybe go to, you go to customer per customer and you do tailored solutions and and, and trying to sell in the beginning, uh, but then you get to kind of unsustainable place where you have. 400 different integrations which you need like it's not scalable you can't scale mm-hmm. that you need more people to do that uh, we went a little bit the other one where i kind of said no to most integrations and we tried to keep one product from the start um, but th- that has other consequences but where we are right now is essentially that we're we're we're, we're trying to you yeah, know how can we scale to these new markets but still keeping the 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 the, the scalability so 
uh, and why I'm so convinced about the potential of cognitive and, and all this is basically because I, even though there are like different curriculums, different uh, education systems, there's so many things that are universal. If you talk to a teacher, right, they're still struggling with the same things. Sometimes like engaging students, uh, finding out how the students, how did it go for them? And then what to do mm -hmm. next? Like there's so many things and that's what excites me most in terms of the product going forward, how we can how we can mix those two to go faster to more markets and 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 but still be able to tailor made and tailor made things enough to be able to solve the the use cases and the needs of the, of the users. So you know you can't be too general, uh, but you also can't be too specific in everything. So there you have to make a choice, and I think that excites me a lot from product product perspective to to get yeah. that multiple customers, increased traffic, increased compliance, which we also discussed a little bit more like yeah. you know, regulations. Each US state has their own laws about how to, how to deal with stuff. And that, that can be terrifying, but I think it's also, it's a, it's a, it's a real challenge uh, and a fun one. Yeah, definitely. There's, I'm sure there's lots more challenges and problems that you'll be able to solve with the Cognacy's product as well. Uh, so you're definitely excited. You've got me excited. <laughs> um, can you share any sort of exciting initiatives or projects that Cognacy's got in the works? Yeah, I think um, the one I share now are relating the like the product model and how we go to multiple markets. I think that's uh, that excites me the most, and mm -hmm. uh, I think. But we also looking at uh, learning efficacy, so how a product uh, have impact and can have more impact than what impact it actually has. Um, we're looking, as everyone else, I guess, with the Chat GPT trend. We're looking mm -hmm. explain to how AI tools can help. I mean, from a content perspective and generating things, it's quite interesting, right? How it can help that process. But I think also internally, it's just a fun space. Like I think you have to explore it. <laughs> then uh, then we'll see how, how applicable it is to the problems we're trying to solve. Um, um, but um, while we keep one eye on the US, we also have another eye on like, you know, the next market or next markets. So I think that's also exciting to look at like wh where, where would we go next and what makes most, uh, most sense. Um, so in, in general, uh, for me, it's still how do you know this this product piece and how we can adapt better to to um, on learning outcomes. You know how mm -hmm. what students teach and learn what students learn and the impact of, of teaching and uh, make the teachers more powerful, um, but also make it simpler for them. So I think that's that's a challenge that I think is definitely worth worth solving. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh, lovely. Well, I suppose that's all the questions that I've got to ask about um, sort of the, the tech values at Cognity. And I, I can only thank you for answering them so well as well and going into so much detail and being able to allow people to learn more about, about the business and um, the challenges that you're facing and also what the future has to hold for Cognity as well. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to add before I go ahead and um, end the stream? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think I, I've talked. Uh, I talked enough. So I just want to thank <laughs> you well for for the questions and the discussions and for for having me. It uh, it's been really fun. So thanks. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Thanks, thanks again for uh, for jumping on. Um, and thank everybody else who's still listening. Um, yeah, I really appreciate the time, and it's really exciting uh, to be able to have you on today, Marcus. So thank you again. I'll go ahead and stop the stream now. Thank you. Have a great day.